Bupkis and Bup Bup. Oh, welcome everyone to the Gianna and Julian podcast. Just <laughs> us this week. There's no one to awkwardly high five over. I know, high five over, exactly. <laughs> I like when people send us those gifts that are like what the guest feels like, and it's like that lady from Family Feud with her entire family. <laughs> yeah. High fiving over her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a nice little streak there. Three weeks uh, of guests in a row. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's good to be back, just just us two. Having, True. having it out, J&J style. True, missed you. Missed you. How, how you doing? I'm good. Well, I, oh, how are you, Julie? I'm good. <laughs> um, we are, uh, yeah, we're back, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, so, we had an idea uh, for this week uh, to talk about something that's pretty relevant just because of the event this weekend. And near and dear to our hearts. And near and dear to our hearts. I think this makes the third podcast that we've had about the UFC. Yes. In some capacity. In some capacity. Not yeah. to mention the other ones where we just make references and or talk about it. Which is like every podcast. <laughs> Which is every podcast. Like my analogies always circle around UFC. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to talk about the UFC um, as its own kind of subject and stuff going on you know, within the UFC right now and the organization as a whole, but we also wanted to discuss the amazing and hugely popular Ronda Rousey. Mm. Um, so I guess we could start off with the UFC. Yeah, because there's some things happening right well, now. Well, yeah, uh, it's worth talking about, I think. Um, for those who don't know, the UFC is the ultimate fighting championship. It is uh, the major player in terms of organizations for mixed martial arts, which is fighting. Uh that we are big fans Shh, of. Phone. <laughs> phone pipe. Shh. And uh, we've been fans of the UFC forever. Yeah. You were a fan before I even met you, and I yeah. was a fan before you met me. Uh, and I guess the main thing that we wanted to touch on is uh, there's been a lot of changes recently in the UFC. So to give a bit of background, if I might. Uh, Please. The, the UFC... Um, it's centered around the structure of sponsorships before recently. Uh, and what I mean by that is that fighters, athletes who were employed by the UFC, were able to independently go out and get their own sponsors. Companies, brands, what, whoever wanted to sponsor that fighter, whoever liked what that fighter was about and would be willing to pay them in order, them, in order for them to wear their brand on, say, their fight shorts or their walkout shirt or their banner. Uh, banners no longer exist now. Mm. I think maybe actually I think they they I I feel like I've seen them but it just has like their picture and, and like social Reebok media thing. and Reebok yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it w the reason it's such a big deal uh, is that the way it was fighters didn't have to solely rely on just the money that they fight were getting money. paid for right. fighting. There's fight money, there's show money, and then there's win money, and right. then there's of course bonuses. Right. Uh, so. For instance, say I'm a, a lower, uh, you know, one of the younger, newer fighters to the organization. Say I'm getting, and these figures are completely off my dome. Like I don't know anything about Obviously. who gets paid what. But say I'm a newer fighter of the UFC, and I get twenty thousand dollars to show up and twenty thousand dollars to win. Mm -hmm. So if I just lose, but I show up and make weight and everything, I get twenty thousand dollars. Right. But if you think about it. I'm not getting all that money. I got to pay my trainers. Right. I got to pay everyone who basically my team who helped me get to the point of stepping into the octagon for the mm -hmm. fight. And what helps is getting paid a lot of money, not a lot, but a lot more money than nothing from sponsors. Right. Recently, the UFC has signed an exclusive deal with Reebok uh, for their apparel, for everything. 
So now fighters no longer get to have the opportunity of going out and getting their own sponsors. Everyone's sponsored by Reebok. So it's basically in the UFC. In the UFC. So if you're a UFC fighter, you are under the Reebok umbrella now. Right. You wear Reebok on your shorts. All the shorts are the same now. Uh, which which that is also kind of interesting because a lot of people just wore their favorite types of shorts or their favorite gear in fights right. and now they can't. Right. Um, so I, I think the biggest thing, and I think th- there's this is completely objective here, and I'm just pointing out the fact that MMA fans aren't super happy with a lot of the Reebok deal. And I think the reason for that is that the UFC has put the fighters in a situation where they either need to escalate up the rankings very, very fast or not fight in the UFC in terms of making a living. Because some of these fighters are not getting paid enough to do what they do. Not even comfortably, but just not at all. Which is a little ridiculous because the UFC has enough money to be paying people, you know, their livings for them to stay and be happy. Yeah. This is kind of a choice on the UFC's part. And who's to say really what's going on if this is Reebok that structured exactly. the deal in a way that was unfair to some exactly. people or if it was And the nobody UFC. can know that. I think right. And I think maybe it was just a combination of a lot of things that led to this not being the greatest deal ever for yeah. independent people. Yeah. But I mean, just think of it this way for those of you that aren't you know super into ufc or mma and that kind of thing think of like a nascar not a car like they're covered in sponsors covered. All it's the culture the of the sport right it was sort of the culture of sport in the ufc yeah. to be sort of covered in sponsors and not you haven't talked like touched on this yet but the the guy that puts like the vaseline on their faces yeah, what's the his cut stitch, stitch stitch yeah stitch duran the cut man he was yeah why don't you get into that yeah really quickly though you mentioned that nascar's you know, and drivers. Imagine and, they just stripped everybody's sponsors away and everyone and was driving like a Reebok car. Or something. Yeah. Uh, the it's thing a, about that a, is, the thing about, <laughs> hold on, the thing, the UFC isn't done with sponsors. The fighters are. Right, so right, you right. look at the octagon, the floor that they fight on, it and it's plastered says, with sponsors. Right. <laughs> there's Monster Energy, there's movies, there's all sorts of stuff that the UFC is now right. getting sponsored by. So that means, you would, I don't know for sure, but I guess that means that the UFC is pocketing that well, no one else is. Sponsorship money. Well, right. not the fighters. Right, yeah. not the so, fighters. Uh, so it will be one thing if, you know, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but it will be one thing if the UFC was like, you know what, no more sponsors. We're changing the culture right. of the sport. And the octagon was plain. There was no sponsors anywhere. Right. That's one thing. But the UFC is continuing to have those on the floor. So it, right. it is a little conflicting and it's it confusing is. because it does seem, it, it comes off selfish. It comes off greedy. When you look at that, because it's like, okay, then the UFC is getting sponsored money. Right. Well, because there's the been aren't. plenty of fighters that have used their voices loudly yes. to say that it's not benefiting them in particular. And that fighters. is the biggest reason why fans are upset, because right. they're seeing firsthand on Twitter these fighters literally just say, I am broke. Yeah. I, can't I used to make to money on sponsors. All my sponsors who I've developed relationships with for years, because that takes a while. It does. These sponsorships <laughs> to trust you, to pay you more money each fight, right. to develop relationships. Right. And now that's all gone. That's off the right. table with the Reebok Well, because deal. think of Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He used to only be sponsored Xbox. by Xbox. Yeah, which is a which huge deal. Which was baller, because yeah. he was the only one that had a sponsor like that. Like, that's just, just his shorts just say Xbox. Like that, John Jones in his prime 
when he was here? Nike. Right. And was that Anderson Silva just Burger King? And Nike. And Nike. Like, it, it's a serious status symbol to not be covered in 10 sponsors, but like one huge sponsor. Yeah, it's it, it comes. And now and the they're cha- getting paid yeah. fairly. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. that, <clears throat> them to just sell out their entire shorts, their entire brand to just Xbox, yeah. just Burger King, just Nike. Yeah. And uh, we do want to remind you guys that we love the UFC. We have great contacts, right. and we are, have a great relationship with the UFC. So this is this is us purely just speaking our minds and what what's going on. Because if we were to talk about the UFC and just ignore this, it wouldn't be doing you guys right. Yeah, it would be right. it's you know it's not being honest, and that's what this podcast is about. But I do want to, you mentioned Stitch, uh, the guy who stands on the side of the octagon and puts Vaseline on the fighters' faces before the fight and comes in between rounds to fix their cuts, their swelling, basically allow the fight to go past one round. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Stitch. That was his nickname, Duran. And he was the UFC cut man for a long time. And the UFC fired him uh, after he spoke out about not being able to wear sponsors on his cut man vest after the Reebok deal happened. And I know that there's more to it than people know. There has to be. There has to be. But it didn't look good. And people, right. like, who, if you're a fan of the sport, you are 100% automatically a fan of Stitch Durant. You can't not like him. He's a happy guy. Every right. fighter loves him. He does an incredible job keeping mm. fights going. Like, people will have cuts and stuff that you're like, they should stop the fight. <laughs> He'll come in between rounds and fix it up. I don't know how, but he well, he's the, the best of the best. And uh, it, it was upsetting for a lot of MMA fans to watch Stitch go down like that. After all, we saw he did was, hey, I can't make money on sponsors. Reebok is only paying me this amount when before right. I could control how much I was making. Right. And for a guy like Stitch, he can't have another job. Right. Like he can't have a full time job and be the cut man. He has to be that. Um, so uh, the good thing I would say, looking forward, is the Reebok deal will end. It has to. It's going to end, and either the UFC will well, renew, yeah, because, change I mean, it, or they'll right, get out. Because I think that the amount of backlash has been good because. Anybody in any profession ever say you have the ability to like in theory control how much money you make a year? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How if you want more money and you create more sponsorships for yourself and yeah. you do that legwork to get that done? Yeah. you can make more money. You in theory have you know a ladder to climb, more control yeah. aside from just how well you do in fights. Yeah. Um, when you take that ability away from people. Like you, you give them a cap. You give them a ceiling. Yeah. Nobody likes having their options taken away. No yeah. one likes having flexibility taken away from their job, if, especially if they're used to it Absolutely. from day one. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think that the people that are speaking out in a way that's constructive is helping. Yeah. Because I don't obviously, you know, you can scream from the mountains that you're pissed the fuck off and shit. But there are some people that have made some really great points. Yes. That I think will be taken very seriously. Absolutely. Because in theory, the only reason why this sponsorship, like total takeover sponsorship should have happened is if every single person it's affecting is making more money. More money. Right. Not drastically less. Not less money. Uh, There was an open letter on, for those hardcore MMA fans, you know what the Underground is. It's a website, blog, forum. Uh, It's been around for years. Uh, (laughs) Please, yeah. I know what you're going to say already. It's going to make me laugh. What? That guy, when he was talking about what their shorts looked Yeah, no, it was, well, basically. (laughs) It made me laugh out (laughs) loud. The open letter, it was to Dana White, the president of the UFC. Uh, and the open letter was from a fan, and he just this long-winded wall of text 
uh, explaining why he speaks for the fans and saying that he's upset with the Reebok deal. Mm. And he did it in the most polite and respectful way possible. Right. He prefaced everything with Dana. I'm a huge fan of you. I'm very, very lucky as an MMA fan to be uh, in a sport that you have largely created right. you know, a foundation for. And then he goes on to say, you know, and he, he glazes over a little bit the fighters get paid because I think he just didn't know too much about that, which is true. Not a lot of people know exact like exact details, but he did talk about how seeing his favorite fighters like tell the world that they can't afford to train or they can't afford to have right. this camp or stuff like that is very weird and it's shocking for a fan and it's not something that a fan can look at and be happy about. Right. Um, and it, w- what she was saying is they. They now have fighter kits, which is a shirt and shorts, like gear that they wear to fight nights. And before, literally, that was up to anyone. Um, fuck, what's his name? There was one fighter. I'm blanking on his name. He's old-time fighter. He showed up one time in a Speedo, and he fought in a Speedo. Like, the rules were that rigid. Not saying that you should do that. And I was there for that fight, actually. Well, remember um, in the beginning of the UFC, they were allowed to fight in their geese and whatever the fuck oh, they well, yeah, wanted. No, that was, no, there was regulations. Like, you had shorts, you had spandex. Right, there's, there's somewhat regulation now. Well, not, not prior to the Reebok Prior thing, to the uniforms, there were regulations. You could wear different things. You could wear a very few amount of things. But the point but is, you, you could wear choice. any brand. Misha Tate could wear a skirt if you wanted to. You could wear fight skirts. You could wear, like, the men. Right. Wear you still have choices. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you don't. You have now Reebok, like, Reebok, Reebok, well, it's, Reebok. it's spandex or board shorts right. now. And, and they're all black and white. They're, well, they're not black. Yeah, they're, they're black and white. Yeah, yeah. Just their gloves, the tape are red, red and blue. Red and blue, but that's just the corner. Right. So, yeah, it, it, well, the base, you know, looking at a fight now compared to before the Reebok deal, it just looks more corporate, which is, you know, it's fine. If, you, if the idea is to change the way the sport looks, make it look more official, give right. them uniforms, that's fine. Right. There's nothing wrong with that innately. Just make sure that when you're doing that, the fighter pay doesn't, at least get so drastically affected that the fighters are tweeting right. about it. You know? Well, yeah, because us as fans and them as fighters, this is their professional job. Yeah, you know what have, I mean? Yeah. We pay 50 to $75 a pay-per-view or whatever the yeah. fuck. And if you want to go see in person, it's not cheap. And we do that on a regular basis as fans yeah. so that these people, hopefully, in theory, can do nothing every single waking moment of their life but be the best physical fighter that they can yeah you know and then go get your money and do whatever you what else you want absolutely but the position that this is putting these people in is that they're having to get really crafty in ways to make extra income that they are now missing yeah and i don't want that nobody no, wants nobody that we wants want that. you guys to train we want and, you to and be busy training do your job exactly. and and do what you want to do exactly. because we want to see people fight at their best abilities you know what i mean exactly plus it's it, it's less of a sport now and it's more of like we're watching these guys at work and they're all desperate and it's like well it doesn't feel like the same it did. Right. Well, it also creates a lot of room for desperation, like yeah. people begging to get more work, well, more you, fights. Well, you see it too often, guys, right. after a big knockout, they'll get on the mic and say, hey, how about that bonus right. now? And it's like, as a fan, you're like, oh, that th- doesn't look great. Right. You know, no. it's like, are they that desperate right now? Well, people are, they need their fucking money, man. These people have short careers in theory. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you're lucky. What I, I would love to have is some statistic, but I know the statistics for, you know, people even making it to a college sport, let alone an elite level like this. Yeah. Your chances of having a career over one year professionally in football, that's is like a st- ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Like, if you're fighting for 10 years, 
years. That's just absolutely insane. Yeah. So if you think these people have been broke, broke, broke for their road leading up to getting signed with the UFC. And they finally made it. They finally make it. These people can be riddled with injuries, yeah. other things. But you just don't make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. mathematically the odds are stacked against you. Yeah. You're now giving these people the – they know that their career in theory might not be that long. Yeah. They need to make as much money as they can right yeah. now. Yeah. And you've taken away their ability to cash in while they can. Absolutely. It's uh, – I would be pretty fucking desperate too. Well, but you, you, know you think I mean? about it like this. It's like – you're a minor league baseball player for years and years and years and years, and you finally get the call up and you get a contract right. with the Angels. Like you're not getting paid chump change; you're right. making money once you're up there. Right, and I that's think how the, it was. I think major league is isn't it just if you're on the bench of a fucking actual team, it's three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but that's for contracts. When you get called up, you might not have a contract. Well, of course not. But yeah, it's the point is is when but you reach theory, the you, top of the that sport. That seems like a lot of money until you realize that you know in a year from now you're back down. Yeah, and if you would and like you to see, right, you need yeah, that yeah. money. Um, I want to. I want to say that the UFC has done so many things right in their time. Agreed. Uh, they've the done Zufa much more right than wrong. They've so much more right than wrong. And I think this is a hiccup that in a couple of years, hopefully we can look back on and say, I'm glad we steered away from that. Right. But there's one thing that I think uh, is an ex- the fighter kits, mm-hmm. when they were announced and Reebok was tweeting them out, like pictures of mm-hmm. their shirts with oh, their God. names, <laughs> there was like... I don't know, I want to say like eight misspelled names on these official fighter kits. And these fighters were tweeting. like these, <laughs> You would see fighters tweeting like, hey, hey. that's like not how you spell my name. He, there was uh, Gilbert Melendez. The, his said Giblert. And, and, a tw- and a Twitter account came up. Gilbert Gilbert Melendez. I did not. And it was that picture. <laughs> you misspelled Gilbert? It says Gilbert. Oh my God. And the Twitter account came up and he's just like a troll now. He's like, so glad you guys can buy my fight kit. It says my name. That's but really funny. I don't know who made the slip up there, but that getting out was a, it was just a, uh, a bad look. It's like it yeah, showed whoever was responsible, maybe Reebok, maybe someone at the UFC, who knows. Uh, it might that, just be a really tired intern, who knows. The point is is they went went for it and they released those and it just looked right. bad. It was like the first right. thing Reebok had put out. Right. And it was like, wow. Well, yeah, that doesn't, certainly doesn't send a good yeah. precedent. Yeah. But I think that in theory, the idea of having the entire UFC have one single sponsor for everyone is not a bad idea. No, it's not. If you're trying and, to move away from the, the look of having your sponsors plastered right. all over you. And I mean, imagine how difficult it is for everyone to manage all of their own sponsors and the UFC to do that on oh, a yeah. regular basis. Yeah. That's like, you know, what anybody does that, you know, even with the podcast to, to go through the legwork to get to your get sponsors. the sponsors. It's not easy. It's and not it's easy. not short work. Yeah. And I'm sure that's, you know, a team of people's full time job at the UFC to, yeah. to decide which sponsors are going where. Yeah. And how oh, big yeah. They are and to just have all of that be wiped away for the opportunity to just do one big huge deal yeah. is like a dream come true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I don't think I don't think that it's a bad idea. No. And I I would like to say that there's no harm in them trying this with Reebok, but Absolutely. it did harm people. It did harm Absolutely. people's incomes, yeah. and you know some people suffered because of it. Yeah. But I think in the future, if they choose to tweak this deal and make sure that it's more fair for people, yeah. that it's not a bad thing to have the entire everything sponsored by one sponsor. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely, because it could work. There's enough money to go around. Yeah, but I mean, between Reebok and the UFC, you can make sure that people can feed their families, yeah. okay? And we're not talking like $100,000 paychecks for every fighter, every fight. No, we're talking about enough to make sure that they can cover they their can camp. They can train. They can pay their coaches, right. pay their rent, because, and come fly well, yeah. to fight, you know? Because like, now they're walking a delicate line of people considering leaving and going to other organization which which, which is, is something not good for anybody the ufc knows that well i mean it's to. good for lots of people yeah. and people should have choices i yeah. think that's really important yeah but it's not helping the ufc no. you know what i mean no by, it's not. by giving people a reason to leave no. that's not the goal yeah um yeah and i and i think what you said about the fact that it would be nice to say and sit here right now that say it did no harm it did no harm <laughs> it did do harm. it did though. do harm but you know what? That doesn't mean the UFC really fucked up. That means the UFC took a misstep on on a right. lot of people's opinions, right. and they can move forward in a more constructive way, learning right. from this. You know, right. learning maybe maybe Reebok isn't bad. Maybe the way we structured this deal right. wasn't in our in our best interest right. and on our fighters' best interest, best interest, and in turn, our image right. is best interest. But I, it doesn't make me think poorly of Reebok or the UFC. Neither of them, because you don't I know what's going on. So many moving parts. So to this many deal people involved. That Honestly, it could have been something as easy as underestimating how much money fighters made. That's absolutely possible. That's absolutely you know, possible. Someone just they signed a deal and didn't realize. Fair and all right, let's do it. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. So many other bigger things to consider in terms of an entire branded thing. Yeah, and you know what? Another thing is that people who change the game, people who are renegades, who make very big waves and leave a legacy you know, in their wake when they're done, they don't do everything right always. And I would like to say that the <laughs> no. UFC is among that class. They right. have done so much good for the sport of MMA. Right. When they signed the Fox deal, sure, there weren't great things about that, but there was also amazing things about right. that. That broke them more into the mainstream than they've ever become. They were right. on Fox Sports. They now are on Fox. And so what I'm getting at is, is that the UFC, you know, if they are the organization that I believe them to be, and a lot of people do believe them to be, they're going to move past this right. in a more in a more directional and positive route than they could have ever done without having to go, go through this mess. You know, right. they're going to take it and use it to their advantage. And who knows, you know, maybe something, th this is just, I'm fucking throwing shit out there. Yeah. Who knows, maybe Nike is sitting around laughing at this Reebok deal. And then once this contract is up, they swoop in and they're like, hey guys, we'd like to pay everyone a shit ton, fuck ton, <laughs> butt ton Oh my God. Money. That's, well, the, Nike did that to Reebok at the CrossFit Games. There you go. That's Do you know I'm what saying. they did? Did you hear about this? I'm not 100% sure of the logistics but you are more than welcome to tell me okay so nike created a shoe called the metcon which is their right, it's their first right. crossfit shoe they broke into the crossfit market with the metcon mm -hmm. and everyone wanted it everyone and their mom wanted it even all the hardcore crossfit people who are hardcore reeboks who right. wear the nanos which is the nano shoe or which is sorry the reeboks version of crossfit shoe uh anyway at the crossfit games Nike parked their giant fucking van or something <laughs> big bus outside of the CrossFit Games because the CrossFit Games Are banned sponsored. Nike. I, they're sponsored by Reebok. They're sponsored by Reebok right. exclusively. So no no competitors could wear the Nike Metcons. <laughs> right. And they had a big sign that says, don't ban our shoe, beat it. Ooh. And it was like really funny because, you know, there's a whole like marketing war now between. Oh, yeah. But it's just really funny because. The, I mean, that sucks for them, but it's fun for all of us. It's fun for everyone. Yeah. When people <laughs> compete like that. Uh, but you're right. There could be bigger brands who are like, you know what? We can do this way better. Let's wait our turn. Right. You know, um, 
but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's good that we talked about it. I think it's on our minds. Every time we watch a fight now, something's different. So can you please already tell them what that guy said? Okay, their so the guy, like? the guy in the open letter, I, I'm quoting him, but it might not be exactly what he said. But he, in the open letter to Dana White, he gets to the part where he's talking about the UFC <laughs> fighter kids, and he said it looks like the fighters are now a cross between an ice cream popsicle and an Uno deck. <laughs> Because their, the their name is like coming across fucking diagonally. Fucking cry laughing. Uh, I think that's what he said. It was really funny. It was um, really funny. Because they do. They look like Uno decks. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, yeah. Well, moving on. Right? You good? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Ronda Rousey briefly. Ronda Rousey, who everyone ever now knows her name, mm-hmm. which is awesome, mm-hmm. uh, has, has, has just completely... Broken into the next level of Demolished stardom, the entire fucking division. Aside from the fact that she's <laughs> completely wrecked everyone she's fought, and no one can even come close right now, uh, she's reached a, a point of stardom that GSP took years to reach, that Spider right. Anderson Silva took years to reach, right. and even they, I don't think, crossed over to where Ronda has crossed over. She's breaking barriers regardless of gender and regardless, regardless of everything. Of a lot of she's things. she's changing, you know, so many things, uh, and so many good things come mm-hmm. of what Ronda Rousey has done. It's very interesting to see. It's very awesome to see. Uh, Because, you know, for a while, she came across as this kind of standoffish, like, kind of, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm just going to do my fighting. And that got her a lot of uh, haters, I guess you could say. People were like, oh, Ronda's a bitch. Like, why would I like her? But she kept with it. And it was like, you know, she she proved, she really did prove her worth in fighting and winning and destroying everyone. And then slowly warming up and being like, you know what? This is who I am, guys. Right. Deal with it. Enjoy it. And yeah. now everyone fucking loves right. her. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm literally that much of a professional where I just, I fuck off. And Bye. she's the most professional there is. She was in the Olympics. She, she won yeah. a bronze medal in it's judo. fucking insane how much of a professional people she is. People don't understand what that means. She makes people around her just look like chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah. Even John Jones. She's making him look like the biggest mockery of like the top of the top. Because you know what of I mean? how he acts. Because of how and he she's has the, conducted she's a complete himself. professional. Right. And you know, people call her, you know, standoffish or those kind of things yep. until they realize now that all of their other idols have fallen to the wayside. Because They're of like, stupid oh, shit they've done. I guess maybe I should take her seriously because she's <laughs> that's the only a great, one that takes that's a great herself point. Because ridiculously seriously. She's taken herself so seriously she doesn't give people an option no. to not. And it, and it was only a matter of time before people started to realize what Agreed. she was about. Uh, I like to tell the well, story. Well, you know that because you met her yeah. forever. So I like to tell the story because... <laughs> Joey's been a Ronda Rousey fan since Ronda Rousey was fucking born. I like to I like to pride <laughs> myself on um, knowing about cert, certain people, just a handful of people, before they were absolutely massive. True. Um, I used to do a radio show in college where it was called Fighting Solo Radio. That's Are how the any name. of those still around? Can we still hear those? I have all of them. You do? I have all of them. You're uh, so good. On my drive. Because you've interviewed some incredible people. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would say they're pretty cool people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically interviewed fighters and people in the sport of MMA all through college on this radio show. Uh, and Rhonda was nice enough to come on the radio show uh, via phone interview. But before that, in January of 2012, I believe, uh, I was in this in the 
business or hobby, I guess you could say, I wasn't getting paid, of blogging and covering MMA events, like local MMA events. Mm -hmm. I would go put on my tie, take my camera, take my recorder, and go to local events and see who I can interview, see who I can watch, do (laughs) write-ups. Always in my tie. And uh, I went to this one fight um, in Santa Monica. It was called... I can't remember. I can't remember what it was called. I'll remember later, but uh, it was a local fight promotion. I got contacted with the promoter, and he was like, yeah, sure, come by. We'll give you a press pass. And I was like, fuck yeah. Anytime I got a press pass, right. I was like, yeah, sweet. Anyway, she was there. And at the time, Ronda was in Strike Force. Uh, she had a couple fights in Strike Force, but I think she had just beat Julia Budd, mm-hmm. which is one of, one of the first fights people started to notice her. Right. She broke her arm. Uh, and she's sitting cage side. Because she's just the guest of the event. And I somehow, I was with my brother Marlon. I was like, Marlon, I'm going to go try to get Rhonda. <laughs> so I somehow sneak over. At the time, she was dating Henry Akins, who's a jiu-jitsu guy. He got up from his chair next to her. So I took it. And I was like, hey, Rhonda, can I chat with you really quick? I'd love to this have a conversation. One. And she was like, yeah, have a this seat right one. in my boyfriend's chair. So I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit. So I sat down. I had a great oh, conversation Julian. with her. She went to my high school, by the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had a great talk. It was so cool to have a conversation with her. She later agreed to come on my radio show. So I pro- she probably doesn't remember me, but I've had two interviews with Rhonda right. before even 2012. I like um, there's a picture ended. of her and you from behind of you guys. I should re- like I should repost that. That's like my third picture I ever posted other. on Instagram. It's pretty fucking epic. Yeah, it's it was cool. Um, photo credit to Marlon for that one. <laughs> Marlon's just back there with his phone like, oh, shoot, man, I should do a push oh, <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it's it's like having Very been cool. in that position. And, you know, I, I have a good friend, Mark, who's who's been my MMA buddy forever. Mm-hmm. And when I told him about that, he was like, you have no idea how big of a deal that is. She wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you don't know how big, de- big of a deal that is that you just did that right now. Mm-hmm. And. I, I like to say he was right because she's absolutely blown up. Right. The Rock is always talking about her. She's the biggest right. of the biggest now, and uh, it's very, very cool to see what she's accomplished yeah. uh, in the sport and it beyond. Right. You know, she's done amazing things. Uh, and that fight, holy shit. Yeah. I don't, did you notice that at the weigh-ins, Betch Correa was... Was yelling? She was yelling. Yeah, yeah. They translated her what she was saying. What did it say? Don't cry when I knock you out. So when Rhonda knocked her out, she turned around and said, "Don't cry." It was like perfect. It was like you can't write that shit. Yeah, Betch didn't cry though. So she didn't cry, but she. It was perfect. Good listening, Betch. Good listening. Betch didn't cry. I saw. um, Obviously, you know, I can't say enough about Rhonda. It's just fucking incredible to watch her win that fight without. You know, she had her in a position where she was gonna go for some judo. She was literally gonna you know flip her with some fucking judo magic and didn't she chose not to she had her completely in the clinch exactly like it would take three seconds of her magical upside down gravity (laughs) hips to toss her and she didn't yeah Yeah. and she knocked her out anyways it's completely mind-blowing and ridiculous um but what i was gonna say is that sonia hawks also like i saw her on instagram uh a picture of ronda rousey split with brienne of tarp like this is the only (laughs) logical Uh, opponent for Ronda Rousey. I can't think of who else except for Cyborg, but I still think she'll wreck Cyborg. Chris Cyborg has said she would literally die if she dropped 235. (laughs) Is that Tommy Toehold? No, it was that that Dana White recording of him sitting in there talking about... Oh, that was literally what Dana said. Yes, she was like so adamant. people were saying that shit. (laughs) Chris Cyborg said she would literally die. She's not going to do it, all right? Yeah. 
I'm like, I was like crying. But what I want to know, what I'm more interested in, especially like I know you're a little bit more removed from like the underground of all of that because you used to be so far into it when you were doing the radio show and yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, now you have other things that you do as opposed to getting people on your college radio station, yes. which is everything. It was yeah. epic. Um, one of the first times we met, you were on the phone with Shayna Baszler. I'm like, bitch, I'm yeah. fucking love you. <laughs> that was fun, yeah. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? I, okay, what I'm interested in is who in the fuck is training right now as a female that could even... Like, you know we talk about Rory McDonald and some of the fighters that come up learning MMA. MMA as a whole, yeah. Instead of coming so from So who's the female one, doing that right now? One particular fight background. Yeah. Because Holly Holm, is that her name? Yeah. yeah. She's a kickboxer, kickboxer. right? Yeah. And she's nasty. But she, she's not exactly the new breed of, like, MMA fighter. I, she's and, not Rory McDonald or anything like that. No, she I know. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, she's someone that has some clout. Paige has some clout behind yeah, her. Yeah. But I'm interested to see, like, a new breed a female fighter that might be able to yeah. come up in the world in the sport because what the fuck man there's just She's no one that the can division. touch her I want to know who who their their 12 year old self has been res- like completely inspired by Rhonda and is like I'm going to do that who, I'll tell what you, 12 year olds are there I'll tell you one thing send them my way I whatever they are whatever however <laughs> round you know rounding their game out they are with MMA they're right. definitely doing judo Oh, everybody's doing. Everybody's judo now. doing judo now. Everybody's doing judo. It's it's like <laughs> it was like five years ago when people were like, "Holy shit! If you have a background in wrestling, you were going to be a kick ass fighter right. in MMA." Oh, if you're everyone a nasty was boxer. like, "I need to be a background oh, in wrestling." If you're the best everyone joined wrestling fighter. gyms. Yeah. GSP just learned wrestling on his own. Yeah, he like a- developed after, a yeah, college fucking wrestling background after, in his gym. No, no, no. GSP did that after like his gymnastics training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> GSP and his fucking gymnastics. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to answer your question, it's a very uh, it's it's vast, and I would love to do more research and to look into it because uh, I love that shit into finding who's who's really up and coming right now. Because obviously, people have been talking about Holly Holm forever, and she's a kickboxer, but she hasn't really proved to be devastating. Agreed. So, um, although I'm sure she'll have a fantastic career no matter what happens, she already is. She's right. fighting great fights, um, as will lots of other female fighters. But um, I have a question for you because you know, I, do you think that Ronda will retire undefeated no 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 i don't think she'll i think she'll lose before she retires but she retires i, mean, I know she's but like what if she decided to you do know, a gina like... and go to hollywood <laughs> i mean yeah it's not like she can't do other things she can do whatever she wants at this point you know i just I, I i think the re- the reason i say yes she's probably going to lose before she retires is because even John Jones like gets beaten up some. Right. You know what I mean? Even some of the best of the best fighters. So she's going to eventually fight someone, I think, hopefully, if she's in the sport long enough, which I desperately hope she is, where they catch her with a couple punches and she's off her game and then suddenly, right. you know, she lost. And well, and I think that loss what is... If, what if she just decided like, hey, it's been real and I'd like to retire undefeated because that's bananas. It's bananas, but that's rare. Mm. That's so rare. Mm-hmm. That's even more rare than someone like Ronda coming around. Right. So I would be like holy shit if that happened that's insane amazing well i mean but just i don't cons- think just considering the way that everything's gone now do you think that it's impossible for the next 10 years she meets zero opponents that can beat her and she ends up just you know out of necessity or age or whatever yeah she retires undefeated well, i guess you're right i guess do you think that's feasible because i, th- I, th- I think, th- think that it's feasible i think it's feasible mm-hmm. if i were to if i'm a betting man i would say she loses before she retires mm. 
but no, I think that's absolutely more than possible. No, no, no. She'll be Chris Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg's not going to be any problem for her. She will literally die if she goes to one Ra- I love when Ronda tweets at Cyborg like, hey, get off the roids and we'll fight. Like, get off the roids and make way and let's fucking fight. It's she just so funny. Ronda gives die. no fucks. None fucks. Um, negative fucks. Well, thank you, Ronda, for an incredible weekend and something to talk about on the podcast. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, it really, can't wait to, like, I feel like she's fighting every two weeks also, which is badass. It's so badass. But that's, you know, again, speaks to her level of professionalism. And her fucking, her elite, elite, elite athleticism. Like, no right. one can do that. Which, right. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, because, I mean, what does she, she looks like she might walk around at, like, 155. Yeah. And she can be ready to fight every two weeks at 135. It's just fucking Not only bananas. that, but she takes zero damage every fight. Like, right. she's, she's just, like, got out of the shower after right. a fight, like, are you okay? Right. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, I didn't even get touched. <laughs> I got punched once, but One it felt time. like someone elbowed me, yeah. like, on the way to the subway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see both the direction the UFC goes mm. and also the direction they take in terms of finding shit for Ronda to do. Right. You know? Right. Well, yeah. Well, if Rhonda, hey, if, you, if you're just hanging out again. and you're not, you don't got a fight coming up, just hang out with us. Come on the podcast. Yeah, she just like, well, is she just going to rematch everybody? Well, I think they're talking about a Misha Tate third fight, which I don't necessarily think is great. But if there's enough, I want Liz. I want a Liz Carmouche rematch. Jen, we were there for that. That Liz we Carmouche fight. That was, was the first living. fight in the UFC. First female fight in the UFC. Yeah, right? yeah. I was there, and you were there. Carmouche and I was living. Grabbed her back. And was attempting a rear naked choke hold, standing up, and Did she Uriah almost. Uriah Faber like choke somebody out just a few rounds before like that, right? Didn't he? Wasn't it Uriah Faber? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, he choked choke. out. Oh, I'm forgetting everyone's name. <laughs> uh, he's the Canadian. He trains with GSP. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Forget his name. But yeah, he did the same standing rear naked chokehold. And then Liz Carmouche climbed her like a little monkey and got back there. And Rhonda, she got out. But it, Jenna, you love Liz Carmouche. I do. She's a baller. I love Liz Carmouche because she gives no fucks. She's like, yeah, dude, just was in the military. She, like, nobody, okay. nobody was giving her even the slightest <laughs> now chance I'm here, to be competitive and I was like, in that yeah. fight. And she almost won. Because she had nothing to lose. She yeah, had she, everything to gain. And she went into that fight she, exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, and she, yeah. it was a pleasure to watch her yeah. try and choke out Rhonda. Yeah. But it was it was just so legit. Yeah, I was sure. living that, that was night. Dope. It was very exciting. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sorry if you guys are, like, sitting there and, like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like there's some of you who are probably like that. But um, we wanted to do this podcast, and I'm happy we did. Well, yeah, because I really like this stuff. I love this stuff. I'll forever be a fight fan and hopefully forever be a UFC fan. I love them so Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm very uh, very curious to see what unfolds next, you know, where where they go. And can John Jones get his shit together? Because I want to see him fight again. Yeah, seriously. I'm over his fucking life, Antics. I'm over your life, Your antics are getting in the way of my Saturday nights. Right? I want to see you elbow people. I want to see you beat Daniel Cormier. (laughs) <laughs> Again. Isn't Daniel Cormier fighting uh, Alexander Gustafson soon? Yeah. When is that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> don't talk to me about Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Julian's had it. Oh, man. Had it. We had an entire podcast about us talking about, okay, so if Daniel Cormier spits <laughs> in John Jones' face. Oh, my God. And John Jones murders him. Who is... But like three seconds inside of the octagon and he dies. Is it murder? 
<laughs> so funny. That was like our second podcast. Like the, just the, the entire whole podcast was just podcast what was if just hypothetical questions about We were just the murder. best lawyers ever. Like we just became lawyers all of a sudden. Lawyers. We did not become lawyers at yeah, we all. Didn't. We became fucking like idiots. No, we were like the smartest lawyers in the world. We we're like, oh, if he says I'll kill you like two steps up onto the octagon, he's liable for murder. But three <laughs> steps, it's too close to the fight. Then it's premeditated. premeditated. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were experts of the law. Oh yeah, just so expert, Julian. Oh well. Anyways. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thank though. you guys for hanging out and, with us this uh, week. Good yeah. podcast. Let us know your thoughts about Ronda Rousey. Let us know your thoughts about the UFC. Um, yeah, the UFC, the sponsorship, and where you see the future of that contract with them going. Yeah, and, for sure. You know where you see Ronda's future going, and if you know any badass like twelve-year-old girls, like I would love to interview a twelve-year-old fucking little girl MMA kid. There was a young uh, judo player judoka who was like I think twelve. She was, mm. uh, and there was like videos floating around of her, mm-hmm. and she was pretty incredible. Uh, like a couple of years ago, so I wonder where she is. Right. You, yeah, we should look. Although that up. the and not not that it matters if she's twelve or twenty one, but you know, young prime. No, 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 not even that because it, like people get burnt out. That's what they say. Like you know, people that have been doing sports ever since they were tiny. Ron is the exception to the rule. They burn out. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, it's she did judo her entire life, and then she changed sports in theory. So it's like a refreshing. Right. So that's like saying if you did gymnastics for ten years, you might get burnt out of gymnastics, but if you became a diver, it would be. Better. Beneficial. That's a good analogy. But the statistics of people burning out that start when they're super young, because you know, parents, stupid assholes, make them run their kids into the ground of burning them yeah. out so young. So th- not yeah. necessarily needs to be twelve. I wouldn't yeah. mind if it was like a twenty-one-year-old girl, but yeah. someone that was committed to and wanted to, because it's like it's difficult to find people that even have similar mindsets as Ronda Rousey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They say it, but I'm yeah. not buying it. You want to see these them. girls right through college, right? That's a quote from The Office. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what the fuck, Julie? <laughs> can we ever just get through a podcast no. without... Okay, I can't even get through a day. You guys don't even know. I'm sorry. Julie, I, don't, just, I don't have... Julie, it's like a... It's Julie, like a, just be saying things to me. I'm like, what are you saying? He's like, it's from The Office somewhere. It's a syndrome. I I'm, I have it. I can't I help it. I'm I sorry. I do. It's okay. It's because... Well, I've seen a lot of The Office, but I don't like... I don't know all the references. Yeah. I have a problem. All right, guys, make sure you check out our <laughs> guest's uh, website. We'll link it below. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Good podcast. Good podcast. We love you guys. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, all the stuff. We'll see you next week for another podcast. Pop, pop. And obviously, hit us in the comments. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. Yeah. And sure. uh, we love you guys. Love you, Frank. Bye. Bye.